have one of these monster trucks parked in your driveway, and you'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Welcome to episode 113 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not much. What's going on with you? Not too much. There's a little teaser at the top of the show. Teaser? Was there a sound bite I didn't hear? Yes. Excellent. I mean, yes, that was a teaser at the top of the show. Yes. I forgot to tell you to act. I have, like you heard it. Well aware of everything that's going on today. No problem. Okay. Um, well, what did we do last Thursday? Last Thursday, thinking back, thinking back, thinking back. How could you forget it? Oh, I went to New Hampshire. Yeah, we yeah. went to Arcs and Wrenches. Yeah, which is a mechanic shop. BMW shop. Yep, specifically. They do everything, but there's mostly concentrate on BMWs. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was just like I was scrolling through and I saw the um, yeah the, yeah the Auto Week Instagram and it was talking about this event that was in New Hampshire, which is weird because Auto Week is based in like Detroit, is it not? Yeah, I mean they they do nationwide stuff. Yeah, it was just uh, I didn't it wasn't quite clear what it was, but I it was, was like, super confusing, but it looked interesting for some reason. Yeah, and I was like, hey, Brad, we should go to this. Yep. So we got some last-minute tickets because there was also barbecue and some local brewery beers, New Report Brewing. Yeah, it was like open bar all night. Yeah, so for the price of the tickets, like, we couldn't go wrong because if it was terrible, we would have got barbecue and some beer out of it. Exactly (laughs) how we thought about it. But (laughs) it was worth it because it was not terrible at all. It was amazing. Um so it was uh, the this designer, and I had never heard of him before, uh, but once I looked into him, his name is Aaron uh, Draplin. Yes. Uh, once I looked into it, I and then saw some of his designs, I recognized the designs. Like yeah, the, there was some pretty famous stuff I knew. Yeah, the biggest one that I knew right away was when they retired the space shuttle. And it was 1981 to 2011, and it's got like this very bold 70s looking, bright colors, heavy font. Uh, you pr- you've probably seen it. Uh, he was the one that designed that. So his style is that those vibrant colors, solid, chunky fonts. Uh, pretty cool stuff. So apparently he's friends with the owners of this BMW shop, and he was coming to Boston to give a talk. So they convinced him to come speak at their place, and they also were running a competition, and they, I don't know if they picked a winner yet. I'm not sure either. It was a couple weeks out, I think. They wanted to give everybody time to refine their design. So they had printouts of their race cars, and they wanted everybody there. They put some colored pencils. They also had digital versions of it, too. You could design the livery to go on their next race car. Yeah, and they want to do like a BMW art car like aesthetic. Exactly, and he was going to give feedback there at the event on your design, which was really cool. Yeah, as a very popular, famous like graphic designer. Yeah, um, and he gave a really cool motivational talk about being a designer and just and doing stuff and how important passion projects are. You know, sometimes you may not get paid right away. You know, he's like, you, sh- you should obviously try to get paid for your stuff. But, like, sometimes, like, if you don't necessarily get paid right away, it may pay off in the end because you may be part of something that turns out to be a lot bigger. And- Basically, he was talking about how he came from nothing and how anybody can do it. They just try and work, you know. And that kind of, to that, not- that, kind of, that kind of a typical speech, but not typical speech. It was a good speech. And not like, you know, saying no 
he said he didn't say no enough, but sometimes it's good to not say no to things. I mean, you know, yeah, take from it what you will. But it was it was very cool, and uh, I got some cool. I got bought a couple of his patches, and uh, I think I'm gonna go back to his website and buy one of his hats. Yeah, it's some cool stuff. I got cool posters and stuff he has too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we bought. Uh, we each bought posters from the event. The event poster, yeah. And uh, he was kind enough to sign them. And I'm gonna hang one up down here in the studio. Yep. I have to get a frame for it. And uh, he, I was wearing the Auto Off Topic shirt. He said I liked our logo, so I, I think it was pretty genuine. We didn't ask him. About yeah, no, it. wasn't brought up at all. He just said he said he saw it from when he was sitting. Like I was sitting kind of in the back with you. Yeah. He said he saw it from the front. I mean, we're like 30 feet away, which is pretty cool. We saw it on my shirt. Yeah, it was neat. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that was fun um just like i don't know just something different it was very different it was still correlated while not being correlated we did run into some rally people that we know which mm-hmm. was cool it was good to catch up with them and uh we saw the, the bmw m1 that we've seen locally it's an orange yeah. m1 yeah local car so that was pretty cool too yeah they had a few cars in display up there during yeah. the event and the m1 was one of them mm-hmm. uh all right, and on Saturday... Well, before we get through it, let's what go through... Oxen Wrenches was the name of the garage. Yes. Um, where it was at, and it was sponsored by Auto Week USA. Yep. And Rogue Engineering, who owns the BMW race car, that gets worked on there. Okay. That's how it worked out. All right. Um, and because they gave us beer and food all night, we probably should say the name of the blazes. New Report Brewing. New Report Brewing. I can't remember... Did you write down the barbecue uh, place? O'Neal, O'Neill's or, or, or Barbecue. Okay. I think it's in Kittery, Maine. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, it was delicious. It really Especially good. considering that it was like a cater event. It wasn't even like in their restaurant. Yeah. Jalapeno so, cornbread was mm, perfect. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, they're in Kittery, Maine, so... Yeah, that was cool. Um, so then Saturday... We've been talking about this event. We went up to Wyndham, Vermont. This is on our Neil's barbecue page right now. It's the same picture that's hanging on your door. That's behind funny. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's Pale Rider. I forget what the movie is. Possibly, yeah. Um, anyways, anyway, that, that's hor- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. A very a inside joke. <laughs> like you, unless you've been a guest in the studio, you will have no idea what we're talking about. When I bought the house that we're in the basement of. It came with this uh, Clint Eastwood poster. Like a life-size Clint Eastwood poster on the back of a door. On the back of a door. And when we looked at the house, it was there. And then when we were buying the house, I was like, please leave that poster. <laughs> and they did. Because so, I just liked it. Uh, so I haven't taken it down. And right. I'm not going to take it and down. And I just went on uh, Ornell's Barbecue page. And it's like the p- picture they have up today for their Instagram page is that same picture that's on the poster. I, it might not be the same exact one. I think the same movie anyway. It's close enough. Yeah, I mean it's a Clint Eastwood in a western. It's he all he pretty much looks the same in all of them. That's true. It might be. I think the actual movie that that one on my door is from is from Joe, is Joe Kid. Okay, but I I forget. Uh, I always whatever. forget. I get Par- mixed par- up. Apparently, they had a Halloween contest tonight, and best dressed western got a free dinner. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, I like westerns. But anyway, yeah, I've o- been Ornell's Ornell's Barbecue and Gatorade. Check it out. It's delicious. Yeah. Speaking of westerns, I've gone down the rabbit hole of Red Dead Redemption Two. Excellent. Yeah. I still have not bought took, it yet. Took a pause from playing Forza for a bit because money. Yeah, it's an expensive game and it's a big well, game. I mean, it's the same game as all of them. It's sixty bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you download it, um, you you probably want to buy the disc since you're using Wi-Fi. Because if you download it, it's like a hundred megabytes. Oh, really? No, hundred hundred gigs. Whatever. That sounds better. 
Yeah, it's big. It's a big boy game. Anyways, well, I downloaded Grand, uh, not Grand Forza. Turismo, Forza, and it was fine. So, all right, moving on. Took a while. Saturday, we were talking about this event for a while. Saturday, Saturday. Yes, Saturday. Winter Vermont. Yep. So the no- Northeast Flatlanders, uh, Toys for Tots run, and Trail Cleanup. Yes. So we met at Pete's Camp, mm-hmm. which is a little campground area, um, just outside kind of Rockingham, Wyndham, I think. I think. It was in Wyndham, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, they did, uh, we dropped off a bunch of toys, and they filled oh, yeah, Because of the Toys for Tots as well. Yes. Yeah. So everybody brought toys, all the participants. And they filled one or two state, three three yeah. state police cars, Vermont yep. state police cars, which was cool. One of which was an explorer, so there's plenty of space in that yeah. of stuff. Uh, they filled them up. They were gonna from there. They're gonna take them and give them to the Marine Corps and who runs Toys or Tots. So that's pretty cool. And then uh, we got a little talk from Kyle. I forget his last name. He was a it's a game he's a game warden game in Vermont. Game warden in Vermont, yeah. Just sort of telling us about what he does and just like so this is a single person. His territory is the size of the state of Rhode Island. Yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty nuts, right? And you know, he's in charge of catching poachers and and make sure what you know, wildlife um you know, is protected and conserved and making sure people follow the rules in general. Exactly. So he was just telling us that there is a, uh, they had already picked out an illegal dump site that was close by mm-hmm. that people had dumped easily had to be a couple ton. Oh, all day long of tires. Yeah. Amongst other junk, mostly tires. Yep. There's some old TVs, some old camper parts, some couches, a boat, some, a boat. Yes. <laughs> Mostly so, tires. Yeah, mostly tires. Um, so we did... Oh, and then they had a nice raffle. Um, Northeast Mitsubishi crew donated a couple things. Mm-hmm. There's some other stuff donated. Um, there was a lot of stuff donated. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like an hour long of giving out raffle yeah. prizes. It was almost too much. <laughs> yeah, well, that was cool, though. <laughs> Which is awesome, because that means that many people believe in everything we were doing. Yeah, so. and it wasn't a lot of people, so a lot of people won stuff. So we got, yeah, a, sure. um, we got a recovery rope that we need from the Montero. Um and a couple other things. But the uh, afterwards, they all kind of paired up in groups and took some trails for a little bit. We didn't do a lot of wheeling because the main goal was to clean up that area. We took some trails over to that area. We followed some people. Um, that is the first time I really had that truck off-road. And it did well. Yep. I, I mean, mean you, you had it rockers deep in mud, so. Oh, yeah. Everything works. pretty good, uh, yeah. I'm glad that I replaced the shifter a while ago because it went in and out of full drive perfectly. Yep. Uh, throw it in the low, lock up the rear diff. It didn't care. No. Went through everything. It had, It was you, me, Stephanie. The dog was in the car. We had a cooler, so it was a little heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, came down on a rock on one of the skid plates, bent up the edge of it, but that's what it's for. That's what it's there back. for. Bent, bent the skid plate, not something important. Uh, gas tank skid plate had a bunch of scratches on it because mm-hmm. the, the rear overhang is kind of long on the truck. Yeah, it's a long truck in general. The approach angle is pretty good. The breakover is mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then the departure angle is a little Yeah, long. it's a little long. But we only had real is. trouble on that one tree that was kind of like we had to like go over a, fall, a, a felled tree and it was uh, definitely close <laughs> going over that. It slid over it. Yeah. Because we had a Jeep, I think it's Jeep Unlimited. They call that the long wheelbase one, the four four by four, four bore is a is a JK Unlimited JKU. Okay, so the JKU in front of us, 
Um, that was mostly stock. Um, but he had a rooftop tent on stock suspension and kind of like the all-season tires. Yeah, it was definitely a little rough. Uh, but he went over that, and we could see it kind of like scraped the middle of the truck as it went over it. And the Montero's not probably, – it's probably a little higher ground clearance than a stock Jeep. Yeah. I would guess, based on how it's set up. But yeah. And I've got 31s, not stock tires. So. Yeah, so it went over it pretty well. But definitely that mid-skid. that It, it touched. Well, it yeah. Kissed, it kissed the tree. Well, it didn't have that factory. That was the one Correct. we added. Yep. So that definitely helped the truck slide over it because it didn't let the tree go between the front cross member and the cross yeah, member behind that. Yeah, there was tree to catch because you had a nice smooth bottom. Yeah, it slid right over. So that helps. I would like to do some sliders next summer. Yeah, there are a couple moments where I could see you like cringing going over things. Yeah. Worrying about your rockers. Because I don't want to uh, ruin the rockers. But um, anyway, yeah, so we got over to the, the spot. And uh, it was super muddy, so we didn't walk into it. Plus, there was enough people down in the spot. It really wasn't that far off the main road. Yeah, there were a lot of people loading up trucks with old tires and bringing to the top. So somebody to take had, them off the trucks and unload them. So somebody had the brilliant idea to take one of the recovery straps, and they just started doing this in all the trucks, and they would just loop, you know, 20 tires through a recovery strap and loop it back to the back of a truck, yep. and they'd drag them out that way. Yeah, it worked pretty well. So we'd wait. Guys would drag them out, we'd unhook it, pile them up on the side of the road, and then when they came back with a trailer, towards the end of the day, we loaded up the trailer, and they brought most of the stuff back to the dumpster they had rented. They got a good deal from this uh, trash removal company to yeah, help them out. Yeah, that's, they kind of sponsored the event, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the weirdest thing was, is a lot of the tires that came out of there were really, really old. Super old. Like, they were probably really there for old, a long time. Really old tires. Not like... 1990s tires, like 1960s, 1950s tires. Older, too. Yeah. There's a couple that were re- like probably from the 30s. But, I mean, there was one in particular that I remember seeing. It was a Bias Ply Goodyear um, that still had like the stamped numbers printed on the tread, so it was never put in a car in its entire life. And somehow it wound up in the middle of the woods in Vermont. But it was this, like, it still had like the rubber casting marks on the side, still had the printed like you know, batch number, stock number, whatever, on the tread of the tire. And it was just this mint condition, like, you know, the kind of tire somebody restoring a car would want to put for the spare in the trunk. <laughs> it's just out there in the woods, just trashed. It was very bizarre. And there was some aftermarket tires from that era, like the, if you have like a, you know, a late, mid, mid to late 70s hot rod magazine, you see the all the cars with like the white letter Gillette Series 60, like they look square. They're so wide and very squared edges on them and there were some of those out there it was just it was really weird to me to see these old tires out there that were brand new just never got used i don't know how it wound up out there Mm -hmm. it was interesting to say the least it certainly was um but it was cool that they all got cleaned up the only thing that didn't come out was the boat because they didn't have any way to dispose of it right and it was really big (laughs) yeah so they're gonna they're they're gonna plan on going back there cutting it up dragging it out disposing of it I don't even know. I mean, that's such, man. There's, there's ways to get rid of this stuff. It costs some money, but it doesn't cost that much money. Yeah, people just suck. People do suck. It's just, it's just crappy. Anyway, this was the Northeast Flatlanders way of giving back to yeah. Vermont for even having these kinds of trails open. Yeah. So these are Class Four roads in Vermont. So they're they are legal open roads. Um, they're just not maintained by the state. Correct. So it's on the enthusiast to take care of them. Uh, they were talking about that, you know, hunting licenses are down and, you know, maybe they should look into 
the state should look into doing like an OHB. Yeah. Um, sort of permit, sort of like the oversand permit that the Cape Cod does mm-hmm. for the beaches. Yeah, just know. something to give you, to give money back to the rangers yeah. and the conservation of the land. And, it, you know, it'd be cool as long as it's like kept, you know, affordable, then a bunch of people will no, buy it. No, we're not it. talking like a $500 thing here. We're talking like a $25 pass for the year. Yeah, that I mean, if a bunch of people do that, that's that's a great amount of money. Yep. So, um, you know, hopefully something like that happens, and hopefully they see uh, a lot of people that were driving by that probably lived locally were super happy that we were pulling that stuff out of there. Um, you know, it's it's pretty cool. It's good to it's good to give back like that, and uh, it was like peak New England fall. Where you still had leaves turning on the trees, and then it was snowing, and then it started to sleet and rain. It was actually a really bad nor'easter, um, but we survived. So, I mean, that was pretty much for events, right? Mm, did we we did we talk about? Yeah, because that was last week. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was cool to get up there in the. Escape from like the storm down here where it was rainy and windy. Yeah. And get up there where it was mostly snowy and not yeah. so windy. So actually it was kind of nice to go up there for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, um, man, I had we not had, I mean, it was good and bad that we had such a busy summer. It was, it was good because we did a bunch of car stuff. It was bad because I didn't get to do off roady stuff till like just now and now I have the taste for it. And yeah. <laughs> well, we need to do another just like small event, I think, just with some friends because. I have the itch too, and I want to go again. Yeah, and I still need a reason to finish my truck. Unfortunately, I... you always have a reason to finish your truck just to drive it. Stop. <laughs> but we spent so much time on a Sapporo and the Talon the past few weeks because I wanted to get the truck. Those done. were also worth it to finish. Oh, 100 percent. I'm not. I'm not taking away from that at all. But I, I really wanted to have my truck ready for last week's event too, and I did not. Um, however. After having gone through everything we went through up there, I'm glad I wasn't ready because I knew I wouldn't have had skid plates and stuff yet. So no, nope. it was a little a little gnarlier than I expected it to be. Yeah. So, um, it is. We are recording on Halloween. That was a very good scary you Halloween. Spooky Andrew. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Voices not our forte. Nope. Um, Halloween. <laughs> How do you feel about monster trucks, Brad? Um, we're talking about trucks that are monsters, like in the movie Monster Trucks? <laughs> not exactly. Oh, have you okay. seen that movie? I've never seen no, it. No, I've not seen that I've movie. only seen the trailer, and it's like really weird. Yeah, I've not seen that movie. I think they're like monsters that live off of oil, So they're aliens from another planet yeah. that live off of oil or something, and they disguise themselves as trucks. <laughs> that's what I think happens. I think that's what happens. Yeah. But I haven't seen the movie, so... Maybe I should try to find a way to watch it now, but I'm sure it's a classic. So this ties in with our, our sure te- a, a neo classic. It will be a classic <laughs> in the future. Uh, <laughs> this ties in with the tease at the beginning of the show. Um, I, I assume you're talking about monster trucks like Bigfoot and the Carolina Crusher and USA One. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because uh, I figured it'd be a good. That's a good Halloween topic. Yeah. Right? They're big and scary. I think <laughs> they're big and cool. Some of them are big and scary. Like later on, after the first few monster trucks came out, you started getting the ones with like weird shaped fiberglass bodies eventually. A gravedigger's pretty scary. Gravedigger's pretty scary, but then you also had there was another one. It was like snake bite. Snake was bite, that's the first one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Because it looked like a snake's head. 
There was one that was like Hulk Hogan had like the big bicep. I think it was just called the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was called Hulk Hogan. I don't even remember. <laughs> there were a couple of them. Maximum Destruction had a scary body for a while before it became like a futuristic SUV, they call it. Yeah. And then there was my personal favorite from the late 80s, early 90s, the Monster Mutt. I don't remember this one. It was super goofy. It looked kind of like um, Mutt Cuts from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh. <laughs> it had big floppy ears and it wasn't scary at all. <laughs> it was definitely not a favorite. I'm being a little sarcastic. <laughs> I was a Gravedigger guy myself. Really? Of course. That 50 panel van? Yeah. I think it was cool. So, do you know where it all started? Um, In some farmer's backyard in the late 70s. Close. Yeah. So Bob, Bob Chandler, I think, the... Bob Chandler was the guy who created Bigfoot. So we're going to talk mostly about Bob Chandler and Bigfoot. All right. Good old Bob. Because it's kind of like where they all came from. Yeah, Um, he was the first one, right? He was the first one. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, in 1974, Bob and his wife Marilyn bought a brand new F-250 pickup because they love going camping and being off-road. Oh, so my life is to build a monster truck in the future because I also love camping and going off-road. Yeah, maybe. So in the late 60s and 70s, that's kind of where like recreational four-wheeling really becomes a thing. Yeah, that's where people started really buying Jeeps for personal use, not just like farm use and international um, scouts. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't just Broncos. for like the Army anymore, right? You could you could have a Jeep, a Bronco, a Ram Charger, and like you would probably be in the really oddball stuff, so you'd, you'd have a scout, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I'd have scouts today. It's awesome. So... Chandler wasn't happy with the availability of 4x4 parts in the St. Louis area, where they were from. Um, so with a friend of theirs, who was named Jim Kramer, uh, they started Midwest 4-Wheel Drive. Like an aftermarket parts house, pretty much? Yeah, like a shop, a okay. 4-Wheel Drive shop. That's cool. Um, so, of course, what you do as a shop owner, you often have a shop truck, right? You want to show off the parts that you have. Mm-hmm. So he built up his truck, the F-250, kept putting bigger tires on it. Uh, bring it to 4 by 4 meets and shows, demonstrating their products and driving the crap out of it. And apparently this is where the Bigfoot name came from. Okay. So Because it's a big truck? No, because Chandler would break stuff, and one of his employees said it was because of his big right foot. Oh, because he's too hard on the equipment. Yep. Oh, okay, that's funny. So this nickname eventually made its way on, he put it on the side of the truck. That's funny. Yeah. So it wasn't to capitalize on some cryptozoological monster, right? It wasn't that. That's cool. I always thought it was just based on, like, the Yeti. Oh, or it's like, this is a cool name. Yeah, it's definitely a cool name, Bigfoot. But, yeah, it kind of makes sense because in the Bigfoot, whenever you see Bigfoot stuff, it never has anything, like, there's never a picture of a Bigfoot. No, that's it, true. It's just that cool chrome. Like, 4 by 4 by 4 logo. Yeah. Yeah. Or Bigfoot word. Yeah, the Bigfoot word. Actually, I remember, like, wasn't the first Bigfoot logo on the side of the truck, like, a picture of Bigfoot? No. Like, no, like the truck itself. Yeah. Like, not not Bigfoot the monster. Like, it was a picture of the truck on the truck. Yeah. Which, of course, was a popular thing in the 70s, because people yeah. used to put, like, airbrush pictures of their trucks in their tailgates, mm-hmm. which is just weird to me. So, Chandler always wanted a bigger and better truck, and eventually added military axles, 48-inch tires, and then he found four-wheel steering from these military axles, which was a big innovation. That's where the 4 by 4 by 4 So that's comes what from. I was surprised by, because I always joked that it was a stupid name, because 4 by 4 by 4 Like, it's still only four-wheel drive. How could it be 4 by 4 by 4 But I didn't realize it meant four-wheel steering was the extra by 4 Now, was the... A little off-topic here. Was the Tamiya Clodbuster 4 by 4 by 4 
I think it said that. Looking at this stuff, I was like, man, I kind of want to build a Claude Buster. They're not super expensive anymore either. I know. They're they not. A cheaper version of it. They're way cheaper now because people just aren't as into them anymore, I don't think. Well, they're probably the same price as they used to be, but we're not 12, so they don't <laughs> seem as expensive. But now, when I say 48-inch tires, that's not the standard size you probably think of in your head as a monster truck. That hadn't come around yet. So that those tires, we'll get to that, are the 66 by 43 by 25 Firestone tires. And that comes later, but we'll get to it. Okay. So good because there's there's build up to it. So the early version of Bigfoot was basically an aggressively lifted pickup truck, right? So they used he used these five ton military axles that came out of five ton military trucks, and they're like planetary gear. So like the like when you look at it, the pumpkin actually faces like down. Cloudbuster does say four by four by four on the side. Ooh. That'd be kind of fun to play with. Anyway, well, that'll be like a scale project car thing. Anyway, so the the diffs have like a, you've probably seen it. Like, remember you pointed this out to me at Cars and Coffee, that there was those military trucks there. You said how the diffs looked weird. Yes. The pumpkin is on the bottom. Yes. That's the way these are. That they're five, Those might have been two and a half ton axles, but the five ton axles with a similar design, just bigger. Okay. And apparently they have like square tubes. And these five-ton axles have two. They're the axle shafts inside of these things are two inches in diameter. Okay. Which is massive. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big axle. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Yeah. So they uh, that's what allows you to run the bigger wheels and tires. And of course, you got to run like a really powerful engine, right? But um, you know, at this point, he was taking Bigfoot to state fairs, tractor pulls, hill climbs, mud runs. Uh, he might even hook it up to a tractor and do a pull and show people it actually it was a working truck, like it actually do stuff and it just looked pretty. Because it also had, have you seen the original one? It had a, the front clip would raise up automatically. Yeah, it had like a power hydraulic ram on the front. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Because the hood and fenders were all integrated into one piece mm-hmm. like a 50s gasser. Yeah, because it was all steel. Yep. Uh, and the interior was basically stock. a stock truck yeah. with a small road cage in it. If you watch early videos of him driving the truck, he's head out the window. His head would be out the window because he couldn't see any other way. Apparently, the no helmet. Wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> uh, some some of the ones they had a helmet. They, he had he hired drivers later on too, and the so the front wheels would steer steer, the front wheels would steer conventionally, mm-hmm. and the rear steer was the toggle switch on the door. So you had to steer probably with one hand, and then you could work the toggle switch for the back with the other hand. So it just did full left and full right. There was no in between. I don't know. Maybe it was an analog switch, but um, the video I watched didn't really explain it in that much detail. It just said it was on the doors. So, Or maybe it was like an electronic coupling, so when you flicked that switch, it worked the front and the rear together. Maybe. maybe, Yeah, maybe they explained it wrong. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, it was kind of hard to find up, like, uh, how this thing was set up, really. You just kind of had to look at it. Um, so... You know, Bigfoot's popularity grew in the Midwest, and the truck was featured in some 4x4 magazines. Uh, so at the same time, there's this other gentleman named Everett Jasmier. So he also owned a 4x4 shop and was building bigger than usual trucks. And Jasmier and Chandler met at a 4x4 event and became friends. Yeah. Hey, you're building dumb trucks? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so in 79, Chandler got a call from a movie producer that wanted some trucks for a movie. I had never heard of this movie. I'm going to have to go watch it. I've seen this movie. You have? Oh, take this job and shove it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. It, I guess it was a bit of a sleeper hit. Yeah, it was, was a very popular movie at the time. It, uh, 
it was made for so if you can kind of tell it was made for 3.8 million and then grossed like 17 million so that, that's a pretty good hit movie um so it took a whole year for the producer to call back and when he did chandler called everett jasmine and had him bring two trucks uh, so the main character's truck was Bigfoot, and they needed Jasmine's truck to have a race in it. And I'm pretty sure it was every 80s movie required the hero to have some sort of race in it. You know, like Better Off Dead had, like, the ski race. Okay. So I – and, like, I don't know. There's a bunch of movies like that where, like, cheesy 80s movies where the hero has to, like, race or be oh, in a competition. A yeah, like in Caddyshack, they have the, the golf competition. Like, just something. Yeah. It's just funny. It's like a trope. 80s movies so but uh everett jasmine is the guy who built usa one okay that was the white chevy the white chevy american flag motif he copied the chevrolet usa one logo right um so this also goes to the to the age-old uh chevy versus ford as well exactly so in the movie apparently usa one it wasn't really christened usa one yet they call it thunder and lightning okay in the movie and uh, it was the one that broke down on the line, at the, I, guess, I guess, at the beginning of this race. I just watched the YouTube clip of the race. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool. And then his daily delivery truck was Silver Bullet, and that was the one that was leading the race. So that movie used to be a, on regular rotation on um, the movie loft on 38, TV38. <laughs> of course. Yep. I'm going to have to find it now. Watch that's it. how I've seen it. Many, 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 I mean, I probably haven't seen it since I was 10 or 11. Yeah. But that's where it used to be on all the time. And I don't remember much about the movie because I was 10 or 11. Yeah. Save for the Monster Truck Drag Race. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. So, um, the movie became a sleeper hit and it made Monster Trucks really popular. Yep. But they still had 48-inch tires. Now, are you talking 48-inch tires as the overall diameter? Yes. Okay. So, same as if you went and bought 48-inch tires today. Yep. Which isn't even that big. They're farm truck tires, but they looked really big at the time because they had a giant sidewall. Okay. Oh, they were like a 15-inch wheel. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like, <laughs> yeah, they're not like a low-profile 48-inch tire. They're, they'd be equivalent to uh, what you'd run on, I think, Arctic trucks run like a 44 or something. They're up in the 40s. So it'd be, it'd be similar to that. And, you know, so then, you know, Monster Truck's kind of popular. Chandler's looking for the next big thing. Uh, he wants to innovate. So they wanted to do a promo video that they could show at the shop of the mm-hmm. truck. Um, so they had this idea to drive over some junk cars. Awesome. Um, so Which was probably like a 57 Chevy. And a- probably. <laughs> and, of course, the they videotaped it. You know, probably with their, like, big giant camcorder of course in this oh, they're field super, they're super eight yeah so it wasn't in he didn't do this in front of a crowd the first time they just did it in an open field they had two cars he drove up and over them and then came back and parked on top of them and this was the video they were just looping at their shop and clearly this thing drove over them with no problem because it's like yeah whatever it's a 48 inch tires yeah the uh a promoter came in one day and saw it and said i want you to do this in front of a crowd and apparently Chandler and his wife, Marilyn, were like, eh, I don't know, we've done a lot to build Bigfoot as like a like a really nice like family brand. Like it just seems like really destructive. Like trucks get a clean image. So they didn't really want to do it. And he kept persisting, the promoter, and apparently they obviously he finally convinced them to do it. 
and uh, they did the stunt in Jackson City, Missouri. Okay. And the, and the crowd went crazy. And then from then on, it became like the number one thing that people wanted to see a monster truck do was crush cars. Okay. I mean, that's the thing you most associate with a monster truck, right? In, in, 100%. They crush cars. That's so what they do. In fact, I'm looking at a picture right now because I wanted to see what these 40-inch tires look like. Um, the truck doesn't look much bigger than some trucks I see driving on the street right? today. It looks like a normal size bro dozer <laughs> today. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sitting here parked on like a 72 Delta 88. Is that one of the, one of the pictures there? It has, there's a picture of it with white three spoke wheels. Oof, no, no it looks, one. it looks wicked cool. That must've been later on in the eighties. I don't know. Maybe, but it looked, it, and there's another one here I'm looking at sitting on the back of like a 78 Trans Am which is a fairly new car at the time. And the front tires are on like a 58. What is that? Yeah, isn't that cool? It's weird. 58 Chevy in front of him. It's crushing. Mm-hmm. So, so many good cars lost. Yeah, I mean, they were probably already junkyard cars to begin with. Oh, they definitely were. Um, I mean, it was like the stuff that uh, Ken Carter was crashing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Except it seems like Bob Chandler was a much more uh, well-rounded man than Ken Carter. Yeah, well, he's a much much more intelligent guy. Um, so, you know, and then uh, apparently the term monster truck came from an event at the Pontiac Silverdome, where a promoter Sunday, called Sunday Sunday monster trucks at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, the promoter called the monster trucks, and that's where it started. They weren't called monster trucks before that. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, if we circle back to those Firestone 66 by 43 by 25 inch tires, um, you know, Bigfoot was so popular that the uh, Chandler and his crew had to build a second one to meet the demands to have it at events because they wanted it everywhere. So, Bigfoot number two was the first truck to now to feature that size tires. And those the ones that we think of today those are the standard size today still yep yeah so they went real big real quick yep because they went from like borderline street legal yeah to like ridiculous and you can apparently buy these tires so these are monster truck tires quotations are also known as flotation tires yep they cost four thousand dollars each right now for that right currently in 2018 yep and so it's 16 grand for a set of four yep i actually found a place online you can buy them online is it free shipping? Can I get Amazon Prime? I don't Prime? know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty crazy to me. I mean, there, there's video of like, there's a whole YouTube, official YouTube Bigfoot channel. And they're, I mean, they ha- the tires have so much air in them and they're called flotation tires. There's There was actually a stunt where he raced, Bigfoot raced a paddle boat. Because <laughs> they put it in the water and it would just run. That's awesome. <laughs> and the, the tires acted like giant paddles. It's like so, so ridiculous. That's awesome, though. It's funny because I remember as a kid, because you know I was born in '81. Yeah. So I was born at the, I was born right around the same time as Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. But I remember growing up as a kid that I, that like battery operated toy monster trucks were a thing, and they used to have different tires you that, could swap out on them, and a lot of them had paddle tires you could swap out, and they would float across the top of the water. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I remember I had uh, a four by four. Monster truck was a Nyko. Okay. Little Bubba. Yep. I don't we, know. No, big, big Bubba. Big Bubba? Big Bubba. Yeah. All right. It was Big we, Bubba. We both had a Big Bubba. Yeah. You had a black one. I had a red one. Yep. That was a pretty cool truck. And I also had this, which I just found a picture of, which I'm going to show you, which is not good fodder here. But it was made by Play School, and it was Bigfoot. 
like an 80 F-250. Well, and it had shifters on the roof. And one of them was a four-wheel drive and two-wheel drive. And the other one was for like high and low speed. Well, even recently, Taraxxus has one on their two-wheel drive chassis. And I was like, eh, it's kind of lame. Yep. I mean, it's fast and it's fun, but I was like, I want a four-wheel drive. Um, uh, on like a basher, like just drive around, right? And scale project car stuff. Yeah. Or scale car stuff. Um, the diecast company Greenlight. Yes. That does a lot of like, I won't call them the super high end, but they're like higher end than Hot Wheels. Yeah. But they're Hot Wheels size, yeah. but nicer quality. Just came with a whole line of monster trucks. And they have the original Bigfoot. They have the, yeah, I want to find it. They have original one. I saw it on the store the other day. And if you wanted it, I would have picked it and up. They have a mud. They had a mud version one too. A dirty one. Dirty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're pretty cool. And then I asked you the other day. Yeah, eight bucks. I was looking for the vintage um, model kit, the yeah, AMT one. I don't have that anymore. Yeah, because it's super annoying. They're like eighty dollars on eBay. And I threw mine away. I know. I was tired of looking at it, and I knew if I was like, I'm never going to build this. I'm just going to throw it away. I know. I was looking at it. I mean, like 10, 15 years ago. I was doing the research for this, and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of fun to get me back into it this winter. I just build a simple kit. It's got to be a simple kit. It can't be a simple kit. It's an AMT kit. It's probably terrible. I don't know. It seemed like it'd be fun. Um, It's readily available at the store. They still make the USA one truck, though. But I want the vintage one. I don't want the. It's not a tube chassis one, right? I don't remember. I'll I'll find one. You want one from back in the days when they had full interiors? Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll I'll find one. So 19- I'll go I'll go back to the store where I saw the Bigfoot the other day, the green light Bigfoot. All and right. I still have right, it. I'll pick right. it up for you. All right. Cool. So 1983 rolls around in a show called That's Incredible. I don't remember the show. It's probably before. Yeah, it was like on ABC or something. Yeah. So they wanted to do a race between two trucks and have them crush cars. So Chandler called Jasmine. But Jasmine's truck wasn't ready just yet. He hadn't put the 66-inch tires on it yet. Okay. He literally put them on at the event. Like, the truck really wasn't ready for it. Because these tires are like 1,000 pounds each. So Yeah, I'm sure they're quite heavy. Um, they did the race, and apparently the story goes they had radios between the two trucks. So, like, and the producers had them. So, like, Chandler kind of had to sandbag and Bigfoot to make it, like, more of an even race. Okay. So that was kind of a little, a cool little tidbit. But that show really started the trend of monster trucks because that's when you started seeing all these different monster trucks start to be built. And they started to come up with the um, competition series. And that stuff was actually produced by TNN and mm-hmm. was shown on ESPN. It was a lot of, like, it was probably, like, Saturday morning stuff, I feel like, at the time. And then later, kids. Then later on, it was, like... Uh, TNN had that motorsports show that was like Friday Night Motorsports on TNN. Yep, I remember that. And uh, sidetrack again, the Tough Truck competition that would usually that was always my favorite. Yeah, people would roll up with their just street trucks and just beat them. And like some guy would always do like a nose dive and like a you know Dodge Brand Dakota or something. Yeah, yeah. It's so stupid but cool. So, I mean, really, that's the coolest thing about early monster trucks is that they're based on stock trucks. Yeah, they had full interiors and everything. Yeah. So Bigfoot 1 through 3 were based on production trucks. And Bigfoot 4 is what Chandler calls the first Stage 2 truck. And this was meaning that it was built from the ground up as a monster truck. So they did a custom frame. They used a steel body. Still used leaf springs and military axles. They usually had like 16 shocks, so like 8 on each axle. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Which that was a thing with show trucks in the 80s, too. If you yeah. Went, if you went to like a truck with like a polished up, like what would be like a, a SEMA build truck today, mm-hmm. back in the day, they'd have like, you know, four shocks per corner. So these trucks didn't have much articulation, like not nearly as much as you would think they were. They're basically just like really stiff, like, like our RC trucks weren't far off with just bouncing on the tires. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of like a piece of heavy construction equipment. Most All the suspension is in the tires, right? So most of it is in the tires of these trucks. And they were still launching these things. Like, they'd get, they'd get going pretty good. they get pretty good air out of them. So I guess they're pretty wild to drive. Uh, and they're almost 15,000 pounds. Which is heavy. And they do, like, 60 miles an hour. Which actually, when it comes down to it, it's not, like, super heavy. It's heavy, but... But it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. 60 miles an hour. Yeah, it's true. And they're like 1,000 to 1,500 horsepower. So they basically have like, faster than that. They basically have like drag engines. Yes. And the, I mean, some of the cool videos you watch is when they go through a mud bog and he's just got the thing flat out and it's not moving anywhere and not just overheating. Tires and yeah, smoking. And, not, yeah. and not like overheating really. And then like going up, they would do hill climbs, but not like. Not like Mount Washington Hill Climb. They do like an enduro hill climb. Like what they do with dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. You know, they go like straight up a dirt straight hill. Straight up a dirt hill, yep. So that was, pr- I mean, that stuff's cool. Like they would actually like do events with these things. And watching it pull, like doing tractor pulls was pretty crazy. Like there's one where it like pulls a tractor and then unhooks from the tractor, jumps over some junkyard cars, does a loop, does another jump. And then that's like your best time is like how you win that event so that and then that's the other thing so it goes back to the top of our show teaser you know you're a really big deal when nes makes a video game out of you uh, this is true which is one of your favorite video games. it's one of my favorite video up. games but it's literally one of the worst video games ever made so if you've played the bigfoot nes game it's terrible and we may have talked about it before i think we talked about it before in a video game discussion yeah where it like you get all the way to the end, and even though you beat the red truck, all of a sudden the yellow truck comes in from nowhere and beats you instantly. You're like, uh, okay. Right. So that game is uh, uh, like super lame, but like super cool at the same time. I don't remember much about it, so. I don't even know where it is right now. I have to find it. I can show you. Uh, there's videos of it. In the mid-80s, there was an arms race to build a bigger monster truck, and uh, Chandler just wanted to end it all with Bigfoot. So he came across these 10-foot-tall Firestone tires in a salvage yard in Washington State. Uh, and this is probably the version of Bigfoot you might be imagining. Yeah. Th- those giant white wheels. Mm-hmm. You stand inside of them. Yeah. You know, and massive tires. So those came off of a Lee Tourneau LLC-1 snow train. Okay. And this was used by the U.S. and Canadian military in areas of Canada and Alaska that didn't have roads or infrastructure. And they needed to get stuff to, um, you know, military bases during the Cold War, so in the 50s and early 60s. It didn't really take off, uh, but the massive tires allowed it to easily roll over deep snowpack and probably anything else. Like crushed cars. Yeah. <laughs> Chandler built two of these trucks and eventually was awarded the Guinness Book World of Records largest pickup truck. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I've seen one of these trucks in person. Oh, really? Yeah, there was one. 
I don't know if it's still there or not. It was parked in front of Race Rock Cafe in, in uh, Florida, Daytona. Yeah, I think that's if that's the one I'm thinking of. There's a so there's no Bigfoot number thirteen, and I think when I was doing the research, the one that's at that cafe, it was like a wrecked truck, and they just put the the carcass of it there as a display truck. So that ended up being that one is quote unquote number thirteen. So apparently the Race Rock Cafe is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's not there anymore. All right, so I guess can't go see it. Nope. <laughs> so it, um, you know, naturally these trucks kept getting bigger, but more so than just crushing cars, it was more and more common to race them at events. Because naturally people wanted to compete with them, right? There's so many of them, like who can build the faster one, right? Of course. Uh, and Chandler wanted a better racing truck, so in 89, Bigfoot 8 was built. And this one was what was called a Stage 3 truck because it had a fully built tube chassis. This is one of the 10-foot tall tire ones? Nope. This okay. is one of the... Before that, this we is, back. Nope. This is after. Okay. <laughs> now I'm confused. This is in 1989. So this is now... We are in, we're almost into the modern era of they've now switched from building them on frames like a traditional truck to building a tube chassis. Okay. Like a uh, Baja truck. So they actually have travel... Uh, they have cantilevered suspension, which apparently he was awarded a patent for okay. designing the suspension. So this is where the modern monster truck comes from, where it's a tube frame, fiberglass body, tons of travel, much easier for them to drive. Because think about now, if you watch monster trucks now, like if they hit the brakes, like the nose like dives and the rear There's like tons squats. and tons of movement in them now. Yeah, that's because they actually do like they do crazy stunts with them now. Oh, they jump from like. 30 feet in the air. <laughs> they do like backflips. Yeah. They do like, they'll stand them on like one tire or two tires and like spin them around and stuff. Um, and, th- and then backtracking a little bit, apparently in the early days they had come up with a remote ignition interrupt for these trucks. So like if the driver lost control, a team member on the sidelines or one of the race officials could cut, could, power. Could cut power. Okay. So the thing wouldn't, you know, the throttle wouldn't stick open. It would just shut the truck down for the most part. Makes sense. Because, I mean, one of these things going rogue would be pretty bad. So, um, I think the original Bigfoot, though, is, like, probably one of the coolest looking vehicles ever. Like, the original Bigfoot. Was the, still on like, small Bigfoot tires. 1. Yeah, for sure. No, no, on the 66 tires. Even on the small tires. It, like, just the proportions are, like, really, really cool. Yeah. It looks, it still looks like a truck. Yeah. Doesn't have the ridiculous look like the new ones have. Mm-hmm. Um... And that thing's, I mean, that's just really cool to me. So, some interesting facts. There are currently 22 Bigfoot trucks. It's a lot of Bigfoots. Yeah. And they recently built an electric, all-electric one. Of course. Yeah. It's 2018. Um, Bill's wife, Marilyn, was the first female monster truck driver. Ooh, I know this. She had a baby blue one called Miss Bigfoot. That's right. I remember that truck. Um, it was just like Bigfoot, but instead of dark metallic blue, it was like a baby blue, yep. like Robin's egg yep. blue. And we talked about jumping vehicles before, and Bigfoot 18 has jumped 214 feet 8 inches. That's a long distance. Pretty long for a big vehicle like that. Yeah, it really is. I, I believe Pastrana was like almost 250 in that Subaru. Yeah, 218 is a lot. Yeah. Um, apparently Bigfoot 9 went to tour South America through Brazil and somehow got confiscated and couldn't 
come back to the United States. So some like drug kingpin no. now is driving it around. Yeah, on the there was some weird law, apparently, where the person offloading the truck in Brazil could take possession of any vehicle that they offload somehow. So it was literally it was kind of stolen from them. It's kind of like, ooh, I want this. So there's that, like video of it like running around down there with different sponsors on it and stuff. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot never shows up in Monster Jam events. Because they don't get along with the organizers. I did not know that. So the organizers are kind of like, um, I guess they'd kind of be like WWF, sort of, where they sort of control all of the characters and like licensing. And Bob Chandler doesn't want to give And they don't want to give up that Bigfoot licensing. Okay. Because that's a, that's a huge deal, right? Oh, that's a huge that's deal. That's their whole company. Like, yeah. You don't want to give that up. Rights no, to that. Knowing that, I'm surprised that trucks like Gravedigger and stuff do it because... They may have bought them out. Yeah, they must have. And, I mean, whatever, that's the way it is. But, you know, so that was just some cool stuff. So how is Bigfoot relevant today? If you can't compete with the rest of the monster trucks. They still do their own events. If you go to their website, they have an active website. They still tour mm-hmm. around. Um, so I guess the thing is to go to a Bigfoot event, not a... Yeah. Whatever you call it, event. Bigfoot 1 still exists. Um, there was a neat... Road no car and driver uh, interview with Bob Chandler. They sort of asked him if is if, if it was all original. He's like, well, the cab has been replaced because we did a lot of mud runs in it and it rotted out. The frame was bent during the take the job and shove it, so that was replaced. So they kind of joked like, oh, it's like George Washington's axe, right? The head was replaced and the handle was replaced, but yep. it's still his axe. Still the original. It doesn't really matter. It's still the original. Apparently, he built a copy of it for some rich guy in New York, and you know. He can't. He's not allowed to run the Bigfoot name on it, but it's an exact copy, I guess. Um, and he basically he doesn't race the original one anymore. They don't really use it for anything. Like it just it's for display. But I was thinking, I was like, man, that'd be really really cool. Hint hint, Radwood organizers, if you do a Midwest one, get a Bigfoot, get a Bigfoot, yep, for display. That'd, I'm sure they'd be down. That'd be pretty they're, cool. They're into. Uh, into uh, promotion. Yep. So, oh, I don't think it's going to be a Missouri Radwood, so I'm not going to hold my breath on uh, that one. I, I, I heard a little birdie told me Detroit. That's not Midwest, really. That's like, it's close, it's close. close to St. Louis. Yeah, I guess. So, so I think it's a big undertaking to move Bigfoot that far. Hey, have you seen how they transport Bigfoot? Yeah, they put it on like smaller tires. Yeah, it's, it looks like, uh, like I, I can only think of like, why'd you skip leg day jokes? Yeah. Like a big jacked up truck yeah. on small little tires. Yeah. No, it's cool though. So that's our uh that's our Halloween episode. Bigfoot's awesome, by our, the way. It is awesome. I right? mean for a time period in my life, like as a kid, Bigfoot was the best. Because he was Bigfoot. It's just there's nothing cooler than Bigfoot. It's super loud, it's got full drive, it's a truck. Yeah. And then when you're like a teenager, you're like, Bigfoot was lame. I don't want to watch this monster truck stuff anymore. And now as an adult, I'm like, man, Bigfoot was cool. Wicked cool. And I never went to a monster truck rally as a kid. No, I want to go to one now. I've never been to one. I went to one as an adult. I went to one about probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was in the Dunkin' Donuts Arena in Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> which is a hockey rink. <laughs> so they were driving these things in a hockey rink. So literally, they would enter like the stadium, hit the gas, jump a stack of cars, hard on the binders, 
flip a 180, jump the cars, and drive out of the stadium. <laughs> it was so little and so loud, but I want to see them in one of the big arena. I want to go to one at like a state fair. A huge one where they can do the jumps and the... Yeah. Uh, what's his, Maximum D, I think is the name of the... Which is a terrible name, but it means maximum destruction, I guess. <laughs> um, it's a family-friendly event, so... Um, but it does like backflips and stuff now. Yeah. So it's really Sounds cool. awesome. Yeah. I want to see it again. I want to see, see it again in a better location than the Dunkin' Donuts Arena. I want to go with a bunch of people to like a demo derby. Like, Ech. no, that'd be fun. I'll just get mad at all the nice cars getting banged up. Whatever. Get over it. I can't get over it, Andrew. You'll be fine. I won't be fine. I'll be very upset. So, and so will you when you know it. <laughs> so I'm looking at this article on, uh, it's on Auto Week about the Race Rock Cafe. Yeah. Uh, apparently I started a long time ago. Yeah. Because Race Rock Cafe apparently closed sounds, in 2006. That sounds likely. <laughs> yes. Um, and it was open for 11 years before that. So from 80, so from 95 to 06, it was open. So somewhere in that span, I'm assuming it would have been, yeah, geez. I don't even remember when I saw it. I remember seeing it. I think I was down there in 01 when I saw it. But I remember seeing the big monster yeah. truck. And then I have to find it. Um, there is a picture of my dad and I next to Little Barefoot, which was a truck that was it was built elsewhere, but the guy who bought it from the builder lived in North Con- or Conway, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So it was based out of a shop up there. And I didn't realize this till the other night when I was looking this stuff up. I couldn't remember what body was on this monster truck because I was probably like six or right, eight or right. something when I saw it. Um, it was an S10. <laughs> the theme of S10s running Hilariously through our lives. an S10. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was a little barefoot. Yeah, a little barefoot. There probably was a barefoot. There was a barefoot. Was a Silverado. Well, not a Silverado at the time. It was a, what, a K1500? There were Silverados in the 80s. Were they? Yeah, Absolutely. It would have been a K fifteen hundred, but Silverado was a trim package on the K fifteen hundred. Okay, okay. So absolutely, yeah, it was a full size full size Chevy. Yeah, but I remember, I remember some good ones. There was the Carolina Crusher. Yeah, there was the Orange Blossom, which was like a thirty six Ford pickup. Yeah, there was obviously Gravedigger. Um, Bigfoot was, had uh, an Aerostar van on tracks. There was an Aer- a regular Aerostar van monster truck. Then there was one on tracks. That was Fast Track. Fast Track. That's what it was. Yeah. Yep. That was a cool one. I remember seeing that one. I had a poster of that one. There was also a train, like a fiberglass train on the same tracks as Fast Track. Oh. Yeah. I remember that one too. And then there was one of my all-time favorites, which was at the beginning of the plastic, the fiberglass body era, was a fake Corvette body called the Plastic Fantastic. <laughs> and it was green with yellow writing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. My brain is going back to it now. Anyway, going back to that race rock thing. So the one that was there, um, I was trying to find out what one I saw. Um, it was one of three that Bob Chandler built to compete for the world's largest monster truck. So it was one of those three that he yeah. built that was there with the 10-foot tall tires and wheels so large an adult could stand in one. Thousands did, posing for snapshots to take home to wherever at the place. So the guy who owned race rock when he sold it, they had an auction. Um of all the stuff that was there and he owned that monster truck yeah. and it was parked out front and you could see it from the highway so people would see it and they'd exit the highway to see where it was and they'd go to his restaurant Yeah. Um, and he goes I've probably gotten 20 million worth of publicity out of Bigfoot said Bobby Moore race rock owner that truck is worth at least a million dollars to somebody you want to take any guesses on how much it sold for at auction uh, I bet it sold for 150 grand 50 
<laughs> so oh, by man. by if, if it's really worth 20 million in publicity somebody got a hell of a bargain at 50 grand <laughs> i mean it is the most right it was named bigfoot was named one of the most recognizable vehicles of all time like among the blue angels stuff like that oh wow yeah so i mean it definitely is yeah but this one here at race rock was painted a little different yeah it was there was a time span in the 80s where well, the 90s, early 90s, I should say, where Bigfoot had a weird, like, white and blue um, yeah. two-tone pattern. Yeah. It's gone back to the original pattern now, but for a while they had, like, a... There was a dark blue with orange and red stripes. Okay. That was pretty good looking. Mm-hmm. The um, standard solid blue is, is Bigfoot's, like, known color, yeah. though. There was a interesting little time where the MLB sponsored it. Okay. And because they had a partnership with Chevy, it had to have a Chevy body for a little while. Bigfoot and a Chevy body? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. But I do know that the white and blue color combination that it had was the same. It must have been during a Ford sponsorship era because it was the same that, like, the Ford, like, score off-road racing vehicles mm-hmm. had. It was the same, like, white nose, and it kind of went down the side in a weird, like, swoopy angle. So I guess it was, it. it was 83 to 05 was the official Ford partnership. Okay, sponsorship. So that's a pretty good long run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they got out of it, especially now as all they make is trucks. Well, uh, you think about what was going on in '05. The economy wasn't great. They probably, I mean, they kind of, they weren't even doing rally stuff. So. Yeah, that's true. That was the era where all the manufacturers took bailouts and Ford did not. So it's probably how they, one of the reasons they did not. They dropped sponsoring monster trucks. Yeah. They dropped frivolous spending, such as sponsoring monster trucks. Yeah, it was kind of a Middle 2000s wasn't a great time for motorsports, I don't think. No, probably not. There wasn't a lot of good stuff going on. It's kind of an in-between thing, but anyway. So given that you know, I'm, I'm just this, I'm fascinated by this article now about Race Rock. Given that you know that in 07, Bigfoot sold for $50,000 there. Yep. If you were to guess what in a, there's two NASCAR cars were sold there. Yeah. One of them significant because it was from Richard Petty's last year of racing. Yeah. And one of them significant because it was an actual movie car driven by Cole Trickle. Or Tom Cruise. Okay. What did the Cole Trickle car sell for? Two thousand seven. This is in two thousand seven. Yep. So you're talking again that bad period of motorsports. It probably sold for two hundred thousand. Fifteen thousand dollars. Oh Jesus! I'm way off. Yeah, and a NASCAR actual NASCAR Richard Petty car. Wow. A, a Richard Petty car, like the Richard Petty, like the legend of NASCAR. Eight grand. Nine. <laughs> yeah. So talk about a bargain then. Because yeah. that's worth a whole lot more than that now, for sure. Yeah. And imagine being able to go out and buy an actual functional NASCAR car. Like a functional Winston Cup NASCAR driven by Richard Petty. Was it functional, you, though? Oh, yeah. 100% functional car. That you could take to... Vintage. Vintage racing at, like, Road Atlanta. Weird. For $9,000. You couldn't buy a vintage racing Spitfire for that now. <laughs> like <laughs> My only guess is that... Uh, NASCAR cars aren't that rare because they build so many per season and for different tracks. But that's why the ones that are worth money are the ones that were driven by big name drivers. And if you're talking about the 1992 Pontiac, that's Richard Petty's retirement year. That's the last year he raced. That car is not a nine thousand dollar car anymore. No, and <laughs> I mean, pro- that's that's a six figure car now. And they probably built four five that year if not more yeah. but it's still it's just how many are left how many got wrecked how many got rebodied yeah so one weird. that it, i just can't imagine it ever i can't imagine there ever being a time where that car is worth nine thousand dollars 
Like, and in 2007, I mean, I probably could have bought that car. <laughs> like, I was old enough, you know what I mean? Like, I could have come up with nine grand and bought that thing. And now it's probably as weird. Car. It's just a strange thing to think about. Anyway, well, total off note at the end of the podcast there. I hope you enjoyed our Halloween monster trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Did you need the whole seat? <laughs> probably not. No. They were only on the edge. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> they needed the whole seat. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Auto Off Topic. You can follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. You should go check out thegearheadproject.com and the Gearhead Project podcast. It's our friend Brian Dregs has a yes, great little absolutely. podcast. Check it out. Um, it's a little different than a regular just automotive podcast, too. It's a lot more um, industry talk. Yes. Which is kind of neat to hear. It is nice to hear every now and then. Uh, every now and then by once a week I think is what you mean to say that's right yes where can they find you Brad they can find me here at Auto Off Topic (laughs) oh you mean my crazy terrible Instagram name they can find me at TSISS350 on Instagram alright cool as always keep your monster trucks analog and aim for the roses